Well, hey, my name is Zach Snyder, and you're listening to the Black Bar Podcast. I am here in person with Caleb and Nick. Hey. <laughs> we are in a hotel room in Atlanta. For those of you that don't know or haven't really uh, seen our social media, we were able to speak at a conference, which is an amazing and humbling experience that I'm sure we'll talk about at length another time because we were actually on a time frame today. And yes. if you know us, that is hard for us to talk on a time frame. <laughs> yes. In about 30 minutes or so, we'll have to uh, check out of the hotel room. So we're using the uh, the quiet space right now while we still can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, today's conversation is connected with our most recent video. We know it's in a minute but we're excited to continue to start to get back to producing more regular youtube content and in our recent video we talked about rebranding which yes. is something that we've had plenty of conversations about um yes. yeah and in, in the episode we specifically talk about uh why rebranding and, and what are the kind of the uh the things you need to ask before you get into it so today we want to talk about two quick things uh we're going to talk about a little bit about our experience with rebranding and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the importance of brand identity so let's go ahead and get into that part one of this episode uh guys we've all been part of rebrands yes and they're a pain in the butt. I, I, I say that as, as you know, at least when I was working at Grand Rapids first, um, I was the one who almost always the, was the guy recommending to do the rebrand. Yeah. I was the one uh, doing the rebrand. Um, but like until you've done it, I don't think there's any way of predicting how much work it actually is. We are still looking and finding old logos. Oh, yeah. around well, how the long has that been? Cause I know we rebranded last fall and mm-hmm. we're still finding stuff, but that's not even been a year yet. How long I, has it been for you? We yeah. rebranded right in the, it was in the pan- pandemic. Yeah, or was we, it after? We, we rebranded. Um, yeah, I think it was t- 2021. It was, uh, yeah, early mm-hmm. mid 2021. Um, and, that was, I think, my uh, third rebrand at the church after six <laughs> years, right? Uh, so I've definitely, like, I've learned, I've grown up and <laughs> and, and uh, over my experiences, right? Um, but yeah, I think it, it it certainly can be a headache. I know even um, in the first couple times, uh, especially the first time rebranding, presenting that idea to leadership, the logo that they had, they had had for uh, like over a decade at that yeah. point, I'm pretty sure. And like, that's, that's a big commitment. Mm-hmm. And, like mm-hmm. telling them and explaining why that's going to make a big difference. Um, like that's a huge important step in the process that most designers don't think about. Yeah, it's hard to get uh, your lead pastor or your executive team on board because oftentimes they're thinking, why? Like, right. what is, yeah. why would he even do this? Right. And then the sheer amount of things that have to be changed over, like, there, yeah. there are random things that you don't think about, like letterhead and stuff like that. Yeah. that mm-hmm. You already probably have a bunch of that printed and now all <laughs> right. that's useless. Yeah. I think, it, it's especially, uh, we mentioned it briefly in the video, but especially with your church leadership, the pastor's board and everything, like, if there's anybody who's going to identify very strongly with the brand, it's going going to be the people in leadership right that's going to be the people who are most strongly connected feel like that's part of who they are so it's the hardest for them to to make a transition and make that change because they feel like they're losing part of who they are so it's an important perspective to have in mind when you go in and make that presentation i've made those scary presentations (laughs) to the board um, of having a, a really good case for what you're going to gain uh, for what you might be giving up whenever you uh, switch over to a new logo. I, I don't want to like get too much on a segue here, but I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Um, I feel like some logos have like a, an automatic level of like, this logo means a lot. 
Some yeah. logos, the mm-hmm. meaning's a little bit more hidden. Like, Definitely. You know, and then other logos, you've got like just a, I guess, air quotes, logo made out of uh, just text. Sure. Or maybe it's just letters. Logo like mm-hmm. if you have the the LC, like if you're like, like Lions Lifehouse Church, if we just mm-hmm. went with LC, like, is that okay? I'm just curious what you guys' thoughts are on those types of icons. Yeah, no, I I know there was a um uh, a ministry business that was part of the conference this weekend that Caleb you made mention that you really enjoyed the uh, seed to oaks seed to oaks yeah, yeah I thought their logo was kind of dope uh, it was you know uh, their logo was very geometric it mm-hmm. uh, had a shape that when you looked at it closely there was a bit of a seed and then there was a bit of a tree and the leaves around it right I thought yeah, it was mm-hmm. really creatively but a lot of logos are are. I'm not going to say meaningless because that's mm-hmm. just certainly not true, sure. but they don't have like uh, a prominent symbol or shape. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you think of the typical thing for a church is like, how can I fit a cross into the stupid thing? How many sure. T's can I replace with crosses, <laughs> right? <laughs> Crossway church. And somehow yeah, there's right. just, exactly. Yeah. I think this Sorry, is a, a little bit, a little bit outside of the church world, but uh, I know a, a very famous rebrand that happened relatively recently was for the fashion house Yves Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Um, they had iconic, the YSL logo has been around for over 50 years at this point. And they mm-hmm. recently switched to just Saint Laurent in Helvetica, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's it. They don't use the YSL very much anymore. It's just that. Which uh, is Caleb's favorite font. I do like Helvetica. <laughs> I do like it. But the, uh, um, I think what communicates, even without anything like that, just putting the name in Helvetica, there's a timelessness to it. And yes, mm-hmm. I understand these are like the stupid generic, like floaty abstract words that designers say when they're trying to make their work feel important. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it absolutely like they could have written that thing in comic sans, right. Mm-hmm. Or bleeding cowboys or whatever, but, but just that understated, uh, St. Laurent thing. I think it says a lot about the vision of where they're going into the future. And the cool thing is they can slap that logo on everything they make for the next hundred years. And it's probably still going to feel just as modern as it does right now, yeah. right? Because of how timeless it is. Yeah. So it, it's definitely like you can go way overboard in like communicating your, your three, you know, like core values and everything in your logo and, and slap your favorite verse up there and, you know, have a full painting of Jesus. And oh whatever, man. Right. I, I want to see this logo. <laughs> you should, right. You should make this logo. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's something to be said about like there, uh, it's hard to communicate all of your values. It's much easier to communicate a feeling. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you can communicate a, an emotion, that's why the second point of the three questions is not like, what are the values you're trying to communicate? It's what emotion you want to say. Yeah, right. Sure. And doing that is, I think uh, a much more obtainable goal for most people than, you know, trying to communicate your whole mission statement. In a yeah, shape. sure. <laughs> and even we, we had talked about this when we were preparing for the conference. One of the points that I was making in our presentation, we, we were talking about uh, secular um, or organizations that are doing things well uh, specifically Mm -hmm. when it comes to like reaching folks online and one of the examples was my healthy gamer Mm -hmm. and we specifically talked about his logo because his logo looks like a pill like almost Mm -hmm. like a dr mario pill right and it's got like the little pillets in it but then it also looks like a controller because he's a streamer and he will often play games right yeah it's like an old nintendo it it also looks like a thought bubble yeah you know like there's so much he's like a psychologist that talks with people who are addicted to video games like it's (laughs) such like a good logo it combines so many elements yeah so that's not to say that you can't i mean i I guess Mm -hmm. maybe this goes into our second point today but that's not to say you can't make just text work 
or you can't make just letters work, but also, you know, you can also make really unique logos that's just a visual icon. Right. Like mm-hmm. there can be a both and. There's no one one that's perfect for everyone, right? We can't, I mean, don't leave this conversation in here. Mm-hmm. You've got to have just like a Helvetica logo. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. too many of those. Right. Or you just got to have this complex meaning logo because there's plenty of those that are, uh, frankly, a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word for it? Um, not conceited. Bad. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh I think gosh. another logo to talk about in this conversation and more of a churchy example that I know we're all familiar with is the Hillsong logo. Sure. The Hillsong logo is basically just text, right? That's but true. there's something about the energy of it, right? That's, I mean, this point's iconic and it absolutely looks like we all look at that. It's like, yep, that looks mm-hmm. like Hillsong, right? Well, yeah. That, that's, it's such a, a small, simple idea. Yeah. But it works for who they are. And I, they haven't changed it like, a lot no, in the last so. like yeah. decade. I mean, we've been that way forever. I think they've done a couple different things and different. Sure. Like I know it's th- the, the people at home don't see this, but Zach pulled up a uh, uh, Googled Hillsong's logo. And we're just looking through all the Google things, and, and like there there are additions to it, but generally it's the same, right? Just with a different feel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. strong. It's iconic at this mm-hmm. point, right? Everybody knows what that is. Yeah, and I feel like I mean I feel like especially whenever you get into the details of your branding, because inevitably you've got all mm-hmm. the ministries and organizations under the umbrella of your right. church. You know, I've heard it said both ways. You could sometimes a successful logo, you can just translate it to every other ministry. Like Hillsong, we're looking at it, um, and they've got you know Hillsong United. They've got uh, Hillsong Youth. Like you're able to right. take mm-hmm. that exact same logo and incorporate it otherwise. Right. And then you'll have other people that will say you should probably make something right. completely different for each of your right. ministries as well. That, so that's sort of where we get into part two of what we want to talk about today was uh, like the the so we have like logos and then we have yeah. brands, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And all, those words are often conflated, but I think we did a video about it a while ago actually uh, about the difference. And the logo is an important part of your brand, yeah. But the brand is sort of the whole picture. It's like the surrounding element, right? Yeah. I think the example I use is like you could look through a a uh, like a target catalog and never see that target logo. And you probably could still pick out that it's target because of the colors they use because of the fonts they use, how, how they lay out yep. uh, everything like a strong brand uh, uh, is such an important part of, of uh, a rebrand. It's called a rebrand, not a re logo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but often we hyper-focus on just the logo because that is the centerpiece. Like I'm not, not going to deny that, yeah. but oftentimes I guarantee I've rebranded, you know, Grand Rapids first three different times while I was there. I spent 10 times more time on the brand around the logo than I did the logo. Yeah. There's so many elements that have to be rethought of, redesigned, reimagined to fit that new look Mm -hmm. than just, you know, whatever it is your logo ends up looking like. Yeah. If I can real quick, Caleb. So I know uh, we went from the sharp square to the rounded squares. Mm -hmm. What, what, difference was that for you what did we what were we trying to re-communicate because so they're very similar for those that don't see or in sure. yeah, logo yeah at home, sure you essentially rounded out the corners yeah. it wasn't it's, a significant can, change but there were a lot of little unique things mm-hmm, that right. caleb as a designer was able to yeah, bring if, in if right. you go to grand rapids first facebook page <laughs> go to the profile pictures and look at the old one right yeah i think uh um as i was uh looking at that logo uh the original one it, um it was very, uh, it was a very corporate logo. Um, I looked at it and like the way I often imagine things is like pretend I don't speak English, right? <laughs> what am, what is if if I didn't know what these words said? Yeah. What does this logo look like? And to me, like I, it gave me such bank vibes, right? 
I don't know. Like a lot of people thought we were bankrupt, especially because Grand Rapids first, right? Right. First savings, right? Yeah. For some reason, first is in the name of a lot of banks. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So unfortunately, we had a cross in our logo, which I think helped for the most part, right? But uh, to me, like the rounding of the corners, uh, the um, the changing of the colors and the gradients, um, and the softening of the cross specifically made it a lot more friendlier. Sure. Made it a lot more younger, uh, especially the gradient gradient i think added a lot of like excitement and energy to it um and that's really what i was trying to communicate is more of the youthfulness of the church because there's a like a, a very significant portion of our church that is younger uh, and a growing portion of our church that is younger and i, I mm-hmm. wanted to help communicate that identity uh in the transition logo and i think well i would say it was successful i like the yeah this, this almost feels like a throwback to one of our episodes a while ago mm-hmm. where we were talking about the psychological implication of shapes Right. Where we were just like, oh, yeah, even yeah, across yeah. Well, language yeah. barriers in kids, a sharp shape mm-hmm. had a very different phonetic feeling than a round shape and a soft yeah. shape. And I feel like a lot of brands are really leaning into that in this season because I feel mm-hmm. like maybe like a while ago, pointy, edgy was professional and sharp and unique and like mm-hmm. punchy. Right. But more brands now are pulling back and rounding things out and mm-hmm. being more accessible mm-hmm. and being more uh, engaging in that right. roundness that, I mean, that that's not the case for everybody, but it just feels like uh, it's, it's interesting to see different it's trends. Trend. It's yes, trend. exactly. It's yeah. a trend. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm curious, uh, maybe maybe each of us can uh, start to say something about our feeling in this regard as we're landing this episode. Um, what's like one starting point that would be really important for someone to take away from this conversation of like mm-hmm. not just rebranding, but uh, focusing on your identity, mm-hmm. on your brand as an organization? What's one important thing that you need to note when you're going through this process? Like not just the logo, but what is a brand note that's important for us to think about? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I think I, you know, that maybe this is just a default cop out, but I stand by the three questions that I've asked in, in this video and feel like a dozen videos already. Yeah. I feel like if you can get accurate, really good um, uh, information out of those, talk to a focus group of the people you're trying to reach and talk to mm-hmm. them about the answers to these questions. Um, I feel like, and for the questions, for those who didn't watch the video or whatever, it's, um, um, who, who are you trying to reach? What do you want them to feel? And why should they care? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is the best starting place I've ever found for doing that sort of thing. Yeah. I would say uh, everything that Caleb said, uh, and then um, make sure that there is a certain amount of honesty with your brand and your culture. If you are a church that is, you know, mostly 40 plus and you rebrand yourselves to look like a kid's church, um, that might get you some more younger individuals, but it's definitely not true to the culture of who you right. are. And so I, I think there's a balance where you could create something that is more welcoming to younger people, but you still your brand should be reflective of your culture. Right. Yeah. You, you can you can only lie mm-hmm. once. Right. They're right. only going to be fooled once. And when they feel that bait switch, they're not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing that I, I'll add is I feel like uh, when it comes to rebrands, people almost think they have to redo everything every facet of their organization. I don't know if that's exactly the case. 
if there's something that your that your community, your audience knows specifically about your church, there's no reason you can't leverage that in a new and a fresh way. Like I feel like one of the most consistent like churchy things is this idea of welcome home, right? A lot of people say my church's statement is welcome home. You right. can be home here. So I almost feel like if that's something that your church knows and believes, like if if someone has invited their neighbor because that's the core idea of their organization then there's no reason you can't leverage that in a new and unique way. Now, feel free to uh, rebuttal. No, but, yeah. no not, not a rebuttal at all. I just add on top of that at Grand Rapids first, especially when I first got there, uh, that we had this phenomenon where every time we would go out and do an outreach event, we all wore the same shirt. It was this bright mm-hmm. blue shirt. Personally, I hated the bright blue shirt. I never <laughs> like wearing bright colors. What kind of uh-huh. blue are we talking? We're talking like Robin's A? We're talking no, like, like a bright uh, royal blue. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but... It was it was iconic in our community to the point of people who didn't know the name of the church knew us as the blue shirt people. Okay, and I knew that it was an important element in our brand of who we were, identity, to continue that that tradition into the rebrand. So yeah. no matter how we moved, no matter how the logo changed, we always kept that bright blue shirt because yeah. people remembered us as the blue shirt people. So I love that. That's another element of like if you have something that the community is is knows you for, don't drop that for the sake of a fresh coat of paint, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, that's already successful marketing and branding in right. and of itself. Don't, right. don't lose your exactly. hard work. Exactly. No. We had no. our Nike swoosh, right? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. getting rid of it. Right. And there have been conversations talked about, and it's always come to the same conclusion that we're not removing that. Right. So yeah. that's part of our identity. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's cool. It's mm-hmm. very cool. All right. Well, that was our super short hotel episode. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We love uh, being able to talk about this. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to follow up with us on Discord, uh, connect with us more. Uh, and of course, check out the YouTube video as well. That gets a little bit more specifics into the starting steps of a conversation like this. Um, but yeah, gentlemen, do you have anything else to say from this random hotel room? No, I got to go pack real quick. <laughs> yes, I think we got four minutes before they're going to kick us out. All right. Nothing so. like it. Cool. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Black Bar Podcast. If you enjoyed the program, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share today's conversation so that others can join in on our community. If you'd like to go beyond the podcast, you can also connect with us on the Black Bar Discord. The Discord is where you'll find a community that is actively part of inspiring, encouraging, and educating fellow Christian creatives. You can visit discord.blk.bar to get connected. We can't wait to see you next time as we uncover more secrets of the church media and marketing world.